Welcome back to another episode of Bird Bros. I'm Ron Brown. It's been uh, just over a month since we last joined you all, but I'm here with the homie T. Little Trent up in Charlotte to talk about the recent Falcons news over the past month or so and uh, the draft, which is coming up next Thursday. So we'll talk about who do we predict the Falcons picking, what direction are we going in this draft, and a little bit of everything. How you doing tonight, Trent? I'm good, man. I'm good. good. Glad to be on here and actually have some some Falcons news. I feel like this has been a, a dead. Well, of course, this is always the dead period in the NFL. But right now, now that the draft is actually this week, we're gonna, we got some more exciting news to talk about. For sure. For sure. Uh, as always, you know, you all can check us out on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. If you all need the RSS feed, just hit us up on Twitter at Bird Bros, B-I-R-D-B-R-E-H-S. Shoot us an email, birdbrus at gmail.com. Uh, send us any questions, comments, concerns. Our mics suck, Falcons suck, any kind of new, anything you want to tell us. Uh, we love it, good or bad. Uh, so those are ways you can contact us. I mean, let's just get right into it, Trent. Uh, first off, let's start with the, the recent news uh, since the last time we re- uh, convened on here. Let's start with the Jalen Collins news, man. Of course, Jalen Collins was a Second round pick out of LSU last year for the last season in 2015 draft for the Falcons. He was suspended the first four games of the season uh, for substance abuse. I mean, didn't have a, a too good of a good season, man, last year. And then you got this news. What do you think about that, about Collins? Can he come back from it? What's up with that, man? What do you think? Man, I, th- of course, this is still early in his career, but I'm already um, changing his name to Mr. Mr. Can't Get Right. I mean, you like he can't get right on the field. And then after you've had a – I can't even say pedestrian. You actually had a, a terrible, um, terrible first season, first season of your career. I mean, I actually championed <laughs> Jalen Collins earlier last year. I, was, I wanted to see him get on the field. And when he actually got on the field, it was – it was terrible, honestly. So for you to actually play terrible on the field and just to actually create more headaches off the field, I don't see where um, – of course, he still has an opportunity. I mean, he's, he's a young guy. He still has an opportunity. But it starts with his, his play off the field – I mean, his play on the field. After the, I know he has to sit those, four, uh, those first four games. So I, we don't have a lot of um, – a lot of helping um, on the on the back end, so that may benefit him. I could see Dimitrov um, actually trying to pump up that uh, those cornerbacks and those secondaries. So you might see something like that in the draft. If that's if we do see that, then the writing on the wall may be for Jalen Collins. But I won't um, slice his head off <laughs> this early in his career. I won't say he couldn't get right, but as a young guy, as a second round pick, you expect they got to get on the field and contribute even if you know there's gonna be times when you get burned and you know uh why a veteran wide receiver sees they can exploit you but you know he's kind of disappointed and, and let me correct myself i said um substance abuse but it was actually uh performance enhancing drugs whatever you know they may be adderall sometimes as a lot of guys get busted for but he he actually had an issue with uh weed in his college career so um, this is, I guess, a little different or maybe the same when you think about a guy, you know, can't stay in the lines when it comes to staying on the field. And, and you know, I'm sure that was an issue before the draft, before drafting him as well. So, yeah, of, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because all those LSU guys have those. It's like you always hear that background of 
They couldn't leave the weed alone. They couldn't stop smoking. But if your play on the field is, for example, I look at a guy like Tyron Matthew, who, of course, he had his he had a long history of just off the, off the field issues and just being a head case and all of that. And since he's been in the NFL, you haven't heard any of that. I don't, I'm not going to say that those don't exist anymore, but his play on the field is actually the, the first line before you get to those other mishaps that he may have happened in his career. Those are like minimal now compared to his play on the field. Yeah, man. I wish, shoot, I wish Collins was like uh, Tyron Matthew, man. And hey, I wouldn't have any complaints, even if he did have a suspension, but we hadn't seen any play like that yet. So the uh, jury is still out. So we'll see. But uh, another news, other cornerback news, and this one is good news, was the Falcons uh, exercised a fifth-year option on defensive back, cornerback, our best cornerback, uh, Desmond Trufant. So he'll be on the, on the slate to make about $8 million this year. And, you know, after next after this upcoming season, he'll be a free agent and a guy that we're looking to see. Um, well, I, the 2017 season, so – He's already this is this will be his fourth year. So I, uh, we'll have him through 2017 and then who knows? It could be another Josh Norman situation. Uh hopefully we come out as a team that'll resign him. But uh this these next two years are the years that True Finder have to really show that he's a top tier corner in the league and show why he was heralded coming out of uh UW and a first round pick. Do you see True Finder as a top of the line of Revis Peterson? type guy in this league or you still want to see him prove it then uh this season in 2017 yeah of course no uh no cornerback is perfect so you have the like Trufant actually had a couple slip-ups last year but I will say the difference that I see in what well, a difference in careers in Josh Norman and Trufant Trufant actually started hot out the gate Josh Norman was into his third and fourth year when he actually started building a uh building his own name. So I, that's why I think we were able, we, we picked up that, that option, that player option. And I'm pretty sure he will get the uh, contract extension at the end of his, uh, this rookie contract. I don't, I'm still skeptical of putting him in that Revis, um, Peterson, Richard Sherman uh, area, because those guys have, have proved it. Those guys are, of course they have better, um, better help of, of, on, alongside of them. So I think that may be a reason, but I'm still, I won't give true Font that, um, that title yet. I can't put him up there, but he's definitely on the way. If he continues, uh, what he's, what he's doing now, he will definitely be up there by the, um, by the end of this contract and going and going forward to that next contract, he'll have one of those big contracts. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I would like to say he's trending upward towards those guys. Um, and that's what you hope for. And also, you got to think about developing the whole defense, which you you mentioned with the Norman, who, of course, plays uh, behind a great front seven. And the same with with Peterson and, and Revis and all the best corners. That's a, a part of being a good corner is you got to have – it's important having good pass rushers because you can't be back there covering somebody for a long time without, you know – the help. So I yeah, think one, yeah. Oh, my fault. The one thing that I think may be um well may actually won't it won't help Trufant is that he's not like those corners. He's not a jaw jacking in your face type corner. 
He's very quiet, but I feel like most of those corners become like they build that name for themselves because they are those, you know what I'm saying, boastful and I'm going to make sure everyone knows me just, and that, I think that helps them when it comes to contract negotiations. I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Norman, he just made court, like he just took Kirk Cousins money. And mm-hmm. of course, like he hasn't had, a, he doesn't have a history of being a shutdown corner. He had a good, like, of course, last year was historic for him. And the year before that is when he actually be, like started, actually had playing time. So you look at a guy like that, but his like his character became his he just became bigger, of course. Like he was a media frenzy, basically. So right. you have to have that. I I won't say you have to have that, but it'll be funny just because Trufant is not that type of guy. He's not that jawjacking. He's not that boastful guy. So I wonder how that will help him, if it will help him in like when it comes to contract negotiation. I mean, yeah, you. I, I liked your point you made in uh, one of our group texts earlier in the week was those are the guys that get paid, you know, just like you said, are the boastful guys. But for me, I want to see the man just play play on the field, make plays, be a beast, and just live up to the billing of being a first-round pick. And then, you know, the money will follow. So if you do it on the field, I mean, I guess being boastful and talking maybe has earned guys a few millions. You think about D'Angelo Hall, who – who I never thought was a great corner, but he's made a lot of money and stuck in the league. And he, he's known to be a talker, um, a fast guy as well. But think about, hey, maybe that's made a few guys a few million, but that's something we may have to do a study on to see the top paid corners and see who's a talker and who's not, which is a good good point. So, man, let's move uh, forward. Any other news that you can think of off top? Um, I know we – I guess you can bring up the Dominique Easley news, and I'll I hand that off to you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I saw that, um, of course, Dominique Easley, who's is a very good player. He was first-round talent. He's a guy that's out of Florida. And I think the only reason he has came up with, like he has been brought up and rumored with uh, the Falcons, is because of his prior relationship with Dan Quinn. So that is one of that is a Dan Quinn guy. So that is somebody that potentially – Dan Quinn could, uh, with Dan Quinn having a lot of power, if he feels like that would be a good option, which, of course, we need help on the front four. We need help everywhere on our defense, honestly. So I would trust Dan Quinn to bring the, uh, easily in if he feels like there's no uh, off-the-field issues or he can come in and be a, a sound guy on the field and off the field. I mean, it's always good to evaluate the talent. At the, on the defensive line, since that's not the best uh, part, you know, we need a pa- we need the pass rush. Any big guys up there will help. So if easily, who's the first round pick who didn't quite pan out in New England, can help us. And the familiarity, as you talked about with Dan Quinn, who was his D coordinator at the uh, University of Florida, and then I'm all for it, man. Definitely all for it. So um, yes, let's, let's, let's keep it moving, man. Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about this draft coming up next Thursday. April the 28th, Falcons hold a number 17 pick in the first round, and everybody, uh, all these mock drafts I'm seeing and the consensus among a lot of fans is let's go defense and let's get a linebacker, outside linebacker, or a pass rusher who can also be athletic enough to cover. I'm seeing a lot Leonard Floyd, seeing Darren Lee from Ohio State. Those are the two names I'm seeing – for most of the mock drafts and the fans I'm I'm looking at on various message boards and websites and 
the Dirty Bird Nation uh, Facebook group. Do you like any of those guys? Have you really read up on them and seen those I, guys? Uh, I think those you're seeing those names because I feel like those are the more attainable names. I don't feel comfortable with any of those guys. Honestly, I don't know much about Leonard Floyd. I'm, you're a Georgia boy down there. You live in Georgia, so you may be um, be able to tell me more about Leonard Floyd. Nah, so I, I don't. I I'm not a UGA fan, so I'm not. I really don't follow college football very closely, and I'm not a UGA fan. But you know, some people are high on him from what I've read, and the Falcons did want to take a look at him at his pro day, but he couldn't uh, finish. He was sick. So yeah, and and Darren Lee, I feel like. Um, Linebackers now, you you have to have speed, and I don't see like Darren Lee to me is one of those true middle linebacker guys, those oh you know what I'm saying in the old four three type of guy. I can't. That's why I don't see us going for him, going with him. I I don't. I wouldn't like that pick. Honestly, I would hope guys like uh, Reggie Ragland would fall or a guy like Miles Jack. I like Reggie Ragland just because you know he's like he's coming from he's that that's the Alabama pedigree, so you know what you're gonna get with those guys. We actually just added a, a Alabama guy in Courtney Upshaw, and they those guys come into the league like ready, like they're already NFL ready. So if a guy like Reggie, Reggie Ragland would fall to us, I would definitely love that pick. Miles Jack has been, um, he's been in the mock drafts. He's pretty high, but hopefully with these, uh, it seems like quarterback is now being um, a, a position that everyone wants and. So I, I could see more teams trading up or more teams – yeah, more teams trading up for quarterbacks would, would definitely benefit us. If we can't get a guy like Reggie Ragland or Miles Jack, honestly, I would – I think the best decision would be to trade back. If we look at – we're actually – we only have five picks in this draft, which is the fewest of any team in this draft. So I think trading back, trading down – and you know what I'm saying adding more picks would would definitely help us. This is this has been uh, quoted as being a, a very deep draft in the middle, not necessarily at the top. So if you have more picks within in that middle of the draft, I think this would you would definitely help um help the squad out. Forgot one guy to mention was was Courtney Upshaw who who was uh, signed by the Falcons since we last uh, broadcast, and that was he signed a one year one point two five million deal. Of course he. He was uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, the first-round pick from Alabama. Or it's actually, second-round pick from Alabama in 2012, also known as Tud That Thing, folk, from the <laughs> from the national championship game when he was trying to touch uh, – when he was telling him to touch the trophy. Or some was it an MVP trophy or something? Yeah, I think it was championship. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, Courtney Upshaw might be a good guy in the, in the linebacking core. But going back to the to the – Draft prospects. You talked about Reggie Ragland. I think we did mention him in our last podcast, and there's some issues with him covering. So we want a guy who's athletic enough to go out in coverage and also rush the passer. If Ragland, I mean, if the guy who Falcons draft can't do both, then you know I'm questioning that draft pick because you need a guy that's athletic enough to do uh, everything that an outside linebacker needs to do in this current NFL. Yeah, I agree. The only thing I feel like um, he won't be asked to cover um, cover a lot just because most of your nickel coverage is really becoming, but uh, you know, it's in a base defense coverage now. So you have a lot, you're gonna have more corners out there. I know with a guy like Reggie Rag, Reggie Ragland, he will 
find the ball. He from east to west. He he's one of he's a fa- he's definitely a fast linebacker. He may not be able to cover, but as for chasing the ball down and running from west to from east to west, he will run anybody down. So I definitely like that. I want our defense to become faster when it comes from east running east and west and being able to actually protect and cover the entire field. And I also want to bring up that you talked about the draft. Uh, of course, we only have five picks after we lost the fifth rounder, excuse me, um, for the crowd noise violation. And then the sixth rounder, we lost in the trade for Andy Levitre, uh, the left guard. So I'm just uh, brought up an article from Vaughn McClure, Falcons beat writer for ESPN. And, you know, there's maybe some talks about trading back with the with the 17th pick, eh, you know, you may, of course you want to stay in the first round, but you also maybe want to acquire some more picks later in the draft to kind of maybe stumble upon a hidden gem that can contribute. Um, yeah, I think um, if for example, if you trade back, you may be able to. Of course, you don't. We don't know now. It's, everything is speculation. But what if a guy like Incomdiche in is back there, or a, goal, a guy like Noah Spence? Those both of those guys have character issues. So they could fall to the to that late first round or maybe early second round. Now I don't just because of their character issues. I'm like honestly, I I would see why a GM. I understand why a GM would be skeptical when it comes to those two guys. But you can't deny a guy like M. Kendiche's talent or a guy like uh, Noah Spence, who was actually at a um, a top program before he was <laughs> found of ecstasy, like found with ecstasy. <laughs> but yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't deny those guys' talent. And so I under, but I understand if a guy like I mean if Dimitrov and Dan Quinn don't want to pull that trigger on on those type of guys, but they may be a guy that you can trade back, trade down for and add add a third or you know what I'm saying, add a middle draft pick for. Yeah, yeah. So in um last year's draft in this article that McClure wrote, last year's draft, the San Francisco 49ers traded the fifteenth overall selection to San Diego in exchange for the 17th overall pick, fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick in this yeah. year's draft. So I guess you can kind of compile a couple in the draft um, depending on, you know, what team, even if it's a couple spots, which is in this case. Definitely. And then you have those um, – of course, we're seeing that the quarterbacks are the the high demand right now. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be some teams up there that want, that want that 17th, that want a guy like Connor Cook or want a guy like Paxton Lynch or a Cardell Jones. You can I'm, I could see guys like that going in that um, that seventeenth that middle of the uh, first round area. Yeah. There may be a high demand yeah. for our our draft pick. Yeah, got to make the right decision. <laughs> you know, we there's been questions about the draft process, and we probably had one of the worst draft records the past what seven eight years that Dimitrov has been at the helm. So, I mean, last year and this year's drafts are really going to be instrumental in building this team and the direction of our front office going forward. So this has to be right. The first, I mean, this whole draft, you know, with only five picks as it stands now, it's going to be important to hit on what, at least three of them. Yeah, because definitely. that first round pick has to be an impact player early. If not in his first year, definitely a second year to build with Beasley and, and Grady Jarrett and the young guys on the front in the front seven. And then the other two picks, um, second and third, those guys have to be impact players as well because they'll probably be another guy on the D-line. Uh, like Tom Mache in his most recent mock draft 
uh, had us picking Jonathan Bullard, who's a defensive end from University of Florida. And then Mel Kuyper, I guess they went back and forth. Mel Kuyper for our third round pick had Sean Davis safety from Maryland. So uh-huh. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, of course, it's going to be a heavy defense draft um, because that's what this team needs. Hopefully these guys can contribute pretty soon because that's been our Achilles heel the past couple of seasons. Of course, last year we couldn't generate a pass rush, which in turn affects your defensive backfield. Oh, definitely. And I mean, I, to me, it's bigger than that. You, for the last, what, two or three years, we've been uh, basically a, lower than 500 team yeah they may like our record may have shown different but just the play on the field has been terrible to say the least i mean the panthers have basically been the face of the nfc south i'm, I'm with the loss of josh norman there may be some like there's there can be a room for another nfc south team to you know to get up there and maybe pull a division division title away from the panthers so mm-hmm. that's why i feel like this uh draft and this offseason is very is very important. I mean, you want to to actually stake a claim for yourself. I mean, we've been uh, honestly these last couple of years, we've just allowed the Panthers to do whatever with this um, with this division, and you don't want to bring that losing culture into the new Georgia Dome Stadium either. So, I mean, no. you got to get it right. Like, when, if you're not going to get it right, then we got to get you out of there. Honestly, I don't yeah, know yeah. why he has a job. That's Another topic for another birds, bro. <laughs> Bird bros. Yeah, I mean, no, we we t- we kind of talked about it. Um, well, I know, I know, I sent out a few tweets, but yeah, we know about Dimitrov. We've we've talked about it ad nauseum uh, about the bad drafting record, free agency signings, and this is the this is the year, man. This is the year that has to definitely do a die for him. Yeah, yeah, we got to hit, and and I also just put up another article from uh, the Orlando Ledbetter, AJC. Um, that the Falcons are searching for hybrid linebacker safeties. And you think about how Arizona is the the shining example. Dayon Buchanan, you know, was basically a safety, strong safety, but he played a lot of linebacker. And, you know, they called him the money backer. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Falcons are looking for a guy like that. And that, that'll be I'm, – I'm with that because, I mean, of course, I, as safety, we're not – we had, you know, um, Ricardo Allen played pretty well last year, but – I think we can get better, especially losing Willie Willie Moe, and you got to find some young talent back there, which is going to be important. Yeah, our defense is full of holes, so I think honestly, that's it, like we have to hit on that first pick. I won't say first round because hey, we may not keep that first rounder, but we have to hit on the that first pick. We definitely need to um, shore up our defense. Our defense was a lot better last year than it has been in the previous years. But there were still, um, I guess it was still evident that we were far behind most of the NFL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, who was I going to bring up? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking at some of the guys who fit that mold. And uh, the guy Cravens, I can't pronounce his first name. Is it Sua oh, yeah. Cravens? Sua Cravens. From, from uh, USC. He's, he's already like a safety linebacker. I don't know, you know, if he'll be there when it's time for us to pick. But, um, yeah. Oh, you you kind of mentioned that. I don't think we'll trade out the first round. I think we'll still be there. We may move down a few slots, but. Trade to the back think, of the first round. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, two or three spots, but still we want to get more more picks later in the draft. And it's that's even if we got to come off of a pick in a future draft. But 
Uh, I think I definitely think they want to go with more than more than five picks. You gotta. It's probably gonna be some wheeling and dealing. Yeah. As we um go forward, so I guess as we before we end up, I, I I'll go ahead and let you make a prediction on that first round pick since that's what everybody's talking about. Who do you think we'll go with uh, there with the guys we mentioned and who do you think? Oh man, this is uh, I feel like we trade back into the first um to the back end of that uh first round and we pull a guy we pull robert m Kandichi. wow <laughs> and we actually i mean we add another pick for so i look at that of course there's a lot of questions when it comes when it comes to that guy but he could be a jj white type of impact guy mm. So, what you know? What I'm saying, what or I, I would, I, I would bite that off. I would. That's fine. Yeah, he wants to buy Panthers, and yeah, he's <laughs> he's jumping out of windows. But maybe somebody can get in his ear, and he becomes a he be, his off his off the field issues aren't is aren't as big. That's an interesting. I think. I mean, I don't really. I think there are probably guys who I like better. But I think they'll go with uh, Leonard Floyd, Georgia boy. I've been getting a lot of buzz as the guy they want to take. You know, he's a uh, quick first step, quick, uh, fast guy, good size, man. And, you know, getting in the NFL weight room. Yeah. And, you know, being already 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and, you know, you got a lot of – you got the bill. You just got to put the, uh, the weight on, as we saw with Vic Beasley last year. But – I don't know. I just I got a feeling they'll go with Leonard Floyd. Yeah, that does sound um, like that will be the move. Honestly, if they don't trade back, then yeah, I'll, I think they'll get Leonard Floyd. If they do trade back, then you may see a a guy. You may see that. Um, you may see them just take a take a risk, risk reward type of guy like a Robert Nkandichi. But if they stay at that seventeenth pick, yeah, I agree. I would think Leonard Floyd would feel that uh, for that boy. Yeah, and that'll make all the UGA fans happy and all the people who say, how come the Falcons don't pick any dudes from UGA? So that's my UGA fan voice right there. But, uh, hey, I think that's where, that's how it'll go down. We'll see coming up on Thursday. I'm going to have to uh, somehow check out some Wi-Fi when I'm in Bermuda and uh, <laughs> see what we do because I won't be able to – be watching it or anything well i probably can't watch it who knows i don't know just gonna go down there and enjoy my time but uh <laughs> anything uh anything else before we end off man plug yourself plug your uh, anything or uh yeah no nah, i'm i'm fine man it's t little again you can follow me on twitter at underscore t-e-e little i'm glad that that football season is right around the corner it feels good to talk about the falcons again and i'm glad that we didn't pull the trigger on josh norman hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't. I didn't think we were gonna go for him. I was surprised to see the Saints' uh, name in there somehow, even though their cap is all messed up. But yeah, Drew Brees was trying to <laughs> create some imaginary money somewhere. Well, hey man, that's 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 what it is. We'll be back uh, probably next couple of weeks to kind of break down the draft, see what happens, see uh, if Trent's prediction comes true. Robert Incomdiche, um, a Georgia boy coming back, coming home to play for the Falcons. Who knows how that turned out. <laughs> but you know, maybe Leonard Floyd, another Georgia boy, will be the pick. We'll see 
on the next episode of Bird Bros. Peace.